0: Hi, everyone. This is Helena Hart. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Valerie Green again. She's a love and relationship coach who helps people attract, reignite, and maintain lasting love and intimacy in their relationships. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you for joining me again today.
1: Hi, Helena. I absolutely love our interviews, so
0: I'm sure we'll have a great time. I always enjoy them too. We're broadcasting live on Bullhorn, by the way. So hi to everyone who's joining us live. Feel free to say hi in the chat. Let us know if you have any questions about this topic or anything else. Valerie is just so knowledgeable in all things dating and relationships. (laughs) You're just a wealth of knowledge. And I'm really looking forward to this topic today. Actually, we're going to be talking about how to transform anxiety into courage. And ask for what you truly want in dating and relationships. And I imagine this could probably apply to all areas of life, right? Exactly.
1: And there's this saying in that coaching world that the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So my guess, and I know because I'm still healing the vestiges of my own anxious attachment. And so I do notice that when I really learn to ask for what I truly want, In a way that's inspiring, which requires me to have courage, not just act out of the anxiety, which we'll talk about. But when I can really do that in my own marriage, I do notice then I'm able to ask for something that I want from my mom more easily, that I'm able to manage social anxiety when I go to a party where I don't know anyone better. So yes, the same tools are useful across the board in any area of life.
0: I love it. I always get comments like, this actually helped me out in my work situation or my family situation or (laughs) talking with my children. So this is great. Hi to Terry in the chat and everyone joining. Maura says, this is so appropriate for me today. I'm struggling with this right now. Yeah, this is something we can all relate to. So let's dive in, Valerie. Is there anything you want to say to sort of pre-frame this conversation before we get into how to actually ask for what you truly want? Sure. What I want to say is, first of all,
1: what we're going to talk about is transforming anxiety into courage. What I'm talking about when I talk about anxiety is the natural anxiety that comes up for us when we're scared of saying the wrong thing with our partner, or we're scared of asking for what we really want, or for sharing our feelings because we don't want to push him away. Also, we're scared that he might be cheating on us or that he might be losing interest when he doesn't show up the way he used to be. So we're talking about managing anxiety as it relates to relationships. We're not talking about clinical anxiety like that you would go to a therapist for. So obviously I'm a coach, not a therapist, but I am talking about how to transform the anxiety that comes up when we have an anxious attachment style, which is 25% of the population, right? Or actually 20%. And then it's 25% has an avoidant attachment style. And then about 5% is ambivalent or fearful avoidant as they call it. So 50% of the population has an insecure attachment style and the avoidants are just repressing their anxiety. They still feel it. So this is very normal. I want to say if you're feeling anxious about relationships, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we haven't been taught how to handle it so that we don't act out of it. So of course, I'm happy to talk about what acting out of it looks like. And I'm
0: certainly guilty of making all these mistakes myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we all are right. <laughs> None of us do this perfectly 100% of the time. I see a great question already in the chat from someone who says, Hey, Valerie, I love your conversation tools. My question is how to tell a partner something that bothers you about them without hurting their feelings. I'm sure we're going to get into that as we get oh, yes. more this material. Would you like to start with transforming anxiety into courage, sort of starting more general and then getting more and more specific into exactly how to bring some of these things up? Totally. Because I think what, and that's a great question, by the way, I
1: think that that's got multi layers to it. So what I want to say is that how to talk about what we want is the outer work and the inner work of transforming the judgment of them into our deeper vision for what we want. That's the inner work. And so that has to come first, because if we just communicate the judgment, that is going to hurt their feelings. So we have to then go inward first. And yes, that's the transforming the anxiety into courage part, even though that probably doesn't occur as anxiety when I'm like, oh, I don't like something about my partner. That doesn't occur as I feel scared. It occurs as a judgment. But what I want to say is judgment always comes from fear. And we don't have to get all woo woo or spiritual, but we can take a look at there's two types of emotions. There's emotions that come from love, which means we're open hearted. We feel approval towards what's happening, right? We're like, yes, I like this, right? Those are pleasant emotions, right? We wanna feel it. Usually we don't have a lot of resistance to feeling it, but. As we go deeper, we do, because if we really allow ourselves to feel joy or expansion or hope or possibility, then all of a sudden the fear comes up. Oh my God, what if I lose it? What if I can't maintain it? So there's fear underneath a lot of times that has to be worked through. But those are emotions we want to feel. Those are the pleasant emotions. They come from loving what is, opening our heart to what is. Then there's the unpleasant emotions, which is fear and judgment and anger and sadness and shame and hurt and disgust. Those are the major ones. Those come from fear. We don't want to feel them. We're like, Oh no, push those away. I have aversion to them. Right? Like, I don't want to feel that. What I want to say is that's what it takes courage in order to be able to feel. And until we process through those unpleasant emotions with an open heart, which is what courage is in my definition, which I'll go into in a minute, then if we try to just communicate that judgment, that fear, that anxiety, what happens is it causes the other person to feel judged or scared or angry or whatever it causes them to feel. I mean, I know that theoretically I can't cause you to feel an emotion, right? But... Human beings have these mirror neurons going on. So what that means is if I'm feeling angry at you, you're probably going to feel judged. And unless you've done so much inner work on yourself that then you're just going to get curious as to what I need when you feel judged, which theoretically you could do. <laughs> mm. But my guess is that when you judge them, it does hurt their feelings. Then we need to do the inner work first. And so I'll define what courage actually is is? Like, what does it mean to transform judgment or fear into courage? First, of all, I'll talk about what it looks like when we don't do that. We'll use that question as an example. Like, let's say there's something I didn't like about my husband. Let's say I don't like that he tends, and we actually, it's great because this is something I made a mistake about last week, is he's a very passionate person, right? And obviously all characteristics can have positive and negative components to them. I love how passionate he is about me when he's passionate about me, about what we're going to do together, about taking me out on fun adventures. It also causes him to get super busy with a project and not just work projects, his own personal project, such that he works really late at night. He doesn't make time to spend time with me that day. Like he's just kind of hunched over his laptop. And then when I try to bother him, he's like, I'm busy with this. Don't bother me. I'm sure that that's pretty common with men. Definitely. Um, yeah. Single focused men, you know, and if you want to be with a masculine man, he's probably going to have some of that going on. So of course, if I don't manage my judgment, my anxiety, my anger, my sense of feeling abandoned, then I just express it without courage, without having done the inner work of opening my heart and really resourcing myself in my deeper vision, which is what courage is, which is what I'll talk about. If I don't do that, (laughs) I'm just going to say something that comes out of the judgment that comes out of the fear. I might say, coming from the judgment, I hated that you're always working. I hate that you get involved in these projects and you don't have any time for me. I just don't like it. I just don't like how it feels. I'm not necessarily calling him names, making him wrong for the type of person he is, but I'm complaining about my judgment. He's going to feel judged and then he'll just get defensive you're always judging me. Can't you say that I'm passionate about this? This is just temporary. Can't you just leave me alone? mm -hmm. Then we'll get into an argument because I don't feel heard. That's just expressing the judgment. We probably all know not to do that. But then if we're expressing the anxiety underneath, because really what it is is I feel unprioritized. Like he's not Mm -hmm. making enough time for me. That could be more vulnerable So this is the difference between victim vulnerability and empowered vulnerability. If I'm able to open my heart to what's happening, which is what courage is versus being a victim. When I share the fear, if I'm a victim, that means that I'm blaming him. Then that would sound like I feel abandoned because I want to spend more time with you and I miss you and you're so busy. And I thought I was going to be able to spend time with you and, I just feel lonely over here. Then I'm being vulnerable, but I'm coming from a victim mindset. I'm still blaming him.
0: Right. Yeah, I hear from a lot of people who say, I express things coming from a feeling-oriented place. I told him, I feel bad. I feel disappointed. I feel hurt or disrespected. And if a man's just hit with that constantly, every time he shows up, it's like you're hitting him with another negative emotion that's going on with you. I can see how he would definitely feel attacked or blamed or judged, and that would cause him to want to retreat and pull away even more. I mean, there's all different kinds of examples here, but I think it's really important to examine what's going on underneath all of that. And I'm sure there's a much better way to express things that you're going to get into, but I'm loving everything you're saying so far.
1: Exactly. And I'm not talking about it being wrong to express vulnerability like that. Right. Right, There's no right and wrong to it. It's just cause and effect. And sometimes if my husband is in a really he's having a good day, he's in a particularly caring place. And then I'm just vulnerable in a victim way where I'm like, I feel lonely and I need more time with you and you've been so busy then he can hear me and say, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I've been so busy. Let's make more time. Right. Like I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not okay to do that.
2: But mm-hmm. what I am
1: saying is I can feel that I'm being a victim. And what that feels in my body is that my heart is closed. I'm saying this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. It's your fault. Fix it. Basically. Right. And that's not courageous. And so let me just demonstrate what courage is, because it's much more likely to reach him versus me just complaining and being a victim. And I'm not saying it's wrong to be vulnerable like that. You know, If he saved me from my feeling lonely, he'd be my hero. And that's really hot too, right? But if you're trying that and it's not working, then I'll define courage. So we can use that same example. What courage actually means is Courage um, comes from the root word in French, coeur, which means heart. And it's actually a sensation that I feel in my body when my heart is open. And I like to call it courage for that reason. Mm -hmm. But I can feel the difference in my body. So if I'm feeling lonely because he has been spending too much time on this personal project and not making time for me, the first thing that I can do is I can open my heart to the sensation of the loneliness. And what that means is I'm not judging that I'm feeling that way, which is really important because if I judge him, I'm also judging myself. The outer reflects the inner and the inner reflects the outer. If there's any judgment going on of him, it's because I'm judging my own feelings. If I'm judging my own feelings, I'm also going to judge him. And so judgment Means my heart is closed. And it actually takes courage to open my heart and say, I can handle the sensation of these feelings up until the point where I can resource myself in the vision of what I want and inspire him with the vision of what I want. That requires me to handle these sensations of the feelings long enough to be able to resource myself in a way that feels good so I can talk about what would make me feel good rather than just remaining a victim and that takes courage to do because we really get scared when we think that we have the power to change the circumstances and we're going to have to be patient it's not going to be instant gratification where we're going to tell him what we want and he's going to magically jump to it it's mm. going to take patience and patience takes endurance that it's going to be uncomfortable while we're working it out and it takes courage courage to handle the discomfort, to handle that feeling of like, no, we're not going to just press a button and it's going to magically change. We're going to tell him what we want. He's going to like it or not like it. We're going to have to feel whatever we feel. And then we're going to have to stay resourced in our vision and our hope that we're attached to our knee getting met, but not in the way that we think. (laughs) And then, actually have courage to work it out. So what that would look like in this example, I'll just use this example because you know it came up. So thanks for asking that question. So if I'm feeling the feelings of the loneliness and feeling the feelings of feeling abandoned, it actually feels like an emptiness in my solar plexus in my heart. And so what courage means is that I'm opening my heart to it. And that means that I'm literally feeling that there's this compassion in my heart, which feels like a warm feeling in my heart towards that empty feeling in my solar plexus and empty feeling underneath it. And as I put my attention on it, I notice, is there a color and shape to it? So I invite people to join along with me. You can feel, is there a a sensation that you're feeling of either fear or loneliness or abandonment inside of you Then, what you would do is say, Hey, I'm noticing something in me is feeling those sensations. Because notice the difference. If you say, I'm feeling anxious, then it's like overwhelming and it makes us feel like we need to jump into action to fix it. Although then we're fixing it out of feeling like a victim and it's just going to push the other person away, right? But if you say instead, I'm noticing, that there's something in me that's feeling anxious. All of a sudden, you're not thinking that you need to take action. You're wanting to be curious
0: about what this something is. That makes a lot of sense. I can definitely feel the difference there. And for me, I was trying to feel into the situation myself when you were explaining that. It's always a fear of abandonment, a fear of not being loved or a loss of love. And that's something that's completely just in my head, like there's no real actual threat of that, but that can come up a lot of times when I'm wanting to maybe express something but not sure how to do it. I'm sure that people can relate to that.
1: Totally, and I mean, I wanna say, you know, both you and I are married, and so in our case, there is no chance of loss of love because we trust that our men love us a lot. I think if we were just dating, then the loss of love The fear of the loss of love sometimes is real if you're not committed yet to this person and you don't know how he feels about you. So it's important, though, to recognize that whether or not the fear is legitimate, acting out of fear is going to create more fear. Mm -hmm. If we act out of fear, we want to control him. We want to say, why didn't you call and why didn't you do what you said you were going to do? And maybe if you feel how much I'm hurt, then that'll cause you to change your behavior. Right. It's like that kind of energy. I mean, I've done that. But if we do that, he's going to feel pressured. And then if he feels pressured, then that'll actually make him less likely to want to do what you're asking. And it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, if that makes sense. If we act out of the fear, it creates more
0: distance between us. And then it actually creates what we're afraid of. Completely. I have certainly experienced that even when you're in a fantastic relationship, when you're coming at it from that place, you actually get that response. That is the very thing that you're trying to avoid. It's just like a self-fulfilling cycle. Like you said, definitely. I've experienced that. Totally. And it's totally
1: normal. I mean, I just want to say Mm -hmm. that happens to me too. Like if I'm blaming my husband for being too busy, for example then he's actually like, screw you. I'm just going to keep doing my work project because I don't like how it feels to be with you, right? Right. Um, I mean, I'm just, you know, exaggerating, of course, but that's the energy of it. And so if I'm feeling the sensations of the loneliness, I actually feel it as like a emptiness in my solar plexus, and then it kind of goes up to my throat. And if I'm just having the courage to feel those sensations with an open heart, what that means is that I'm actually doing inner child work. You can look at this as your inner child. I can ask, how old is this part of me? The reason to do that is because when we actually did feel lonely as a child, if we didn't get the attuned support of a loving caregiver to pick us up and say, oh honey, you're not being abandoned. I love you. I'm here. What's bothering you?" let me help you feel that. Let me help you figure out what's wrong and how we could actually help you feel better in a healthy way, not just get rid of it, right? If we had parents that were like that, then we probably have a secure attachment style. If we had parents who through no fault of their own didn't know how to give you attuned support when you felt your feelings, then we created limiting beliefs in order to not feel the pain of that. Like I created a limiting belief that there's no point in feeling my feelings because that just feels bad. So I might as well just suppress them Mm -hmm. and try to change the circumstances instead and try to change his behavior instead, right? Because sometimes that works. So it's important when we do the inner child work to recognize like, oh, that action, like it feels like I want to take an action to change his behavior because that changed my life. I mean, that saved my life when I was a child. Actually getting my parents to change their behavior sometimes through, you know, being really loud about it saved my life. Because if I didn't do that, then I would have just been lonely and abandoned and probably feeling overwhelmed and, you know, wasted away. Right. So the only way I can get what I want in my childhood was to be pushy about it. Mm Um so recognizing that behavior saved my life, that Limiting belief that I am a victim and I need to cause people to change their behavior to get my needs met. That limiting belief saved my life. That causes me to stop judging myself. But then courage is saying I don't have to act to get rid of this feeling. This feeling of loneliness is here to tell me that there's something that I want. And having the courage to visualize what I want and recognize that if I can talk about it in an inspiring way, that actually takes patience. I can't just blurt out, I don't like this and I want something different. I have to have patience to articulate what it is that I want in a way that's inspiring. And that actually takes time. And so courage is there for an open heart for me to say, actually I can accept myself in the discomfort and I can feel the discomfort long enough to journal about what do I want instead? And if I imagine saying that to him, is that going to make him feel inspired? And if not, what does he want? And how can I visualize a win-win between what he wants and what I want? And that takes courage to have the bandwidth and the endurance to look deep enough inside myself to come up with an inspiring vision that comes out of my feelings
0: rather than just having to act out of my feelings so they go away. Right. Oh, I would love to get into exactly how to do that. It sounds like it might be complicated, but it's probably much more simple than we're imagining, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we could start
1: out by taking that example about not liking something about my partner. And feel free, the original questioner can say what specifically they don't like about their partner. And if their partner might listen, you don't have to spell it out. Like, do you not like something about? the way he looks or, or something that
0: he does or something that he doesn't do, you know, so we can get more specific,
1: but um, she actually
0: did type some more in. Do you want me to read that to you real quick? I don't think you can see the questions here, but she said, yeah, yeah." she said, how do you tell your partner that when they complain or have a negative attitude about something, it bothers me because I value positivity. I'm not sure if it's his anxiety or moodiness, if that's part of his personality or something he can change. It's an amazing relationship aside from this one thing. The upside to this trait is that he's super vulnerable about his feelings. Mm. He wants to marry me and I'm trying to decide if I can marry him. And this is my only hesitation. So I want to bring it up. Got it.
1: Yes. This is more nuanced. So let me talk about the example I was using around my husband and then we'll get to this example. And then we can come up with other examples too if we want to. But. I think the one about me judging my husband for being busy is simpler. And then we can go into this example. But regardless, going deeper and having the courage to go deeper, I look at courage as being like this warmth and this unconditional love for all aspects of ourselves that's always there inside of our heart. Similar to how the sun is always there, even when it's night, it's just it's shining on the other side of the earth. But we know that the light is still there. And that's how we know that the love in my heart is still there, even though I might be feeling anger or shame or fear so that I can't feel it. But opening my heart to the other feelings is more like an intention. I'm like, oh, I can accept myself that I'm feeling lonely. I'm not judging myself that I'm feeling that way or think that there's something wrong with me for feeling that way or feeling like I have to get rid of it. And so if I can just feel the sensations for 90 seconds, the research primarily by Jill Bolt Taylor indicates that if you can have the courage to open your heart to the sensations for 90 seconds, they get less intense. And then we can ask ourselves, if we can stay with the feeling, what do we want instead? And so if I think what I want is for him to change, course, that's what we always think we want. (laughs) Then we want to ask ourselves, okay, if he was less busy, what would that provide for me? And to keep on asking, you know, kind of like a little kid asks like, why a hundred times? And, you know, it gets really annoying. Like, why is the sky blue? Oh, well, because of the molecules in the atmosphere. Well, why are there molecules? Oh, well, because (laughs) it's just like, they'll Mm -hmm. ask until you get exhausted. So it's like, that's the depth that we need to ask within ourselves until we get to the root need. And Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of nonviolent communication, defined a need as life energy. It's the life energy of what would make us feel more wonderful. So I can't just say, okay, what do I want? I want him to have more time for me. Well, what would that provide? Oh, well that would make me feel wanted. Okay. And if I felt wanted, what would that provide? Oh, okay. Well, then I would feel like I feel safe and connected to him. Oh, okay. Well, how do I know that I would feel safe and connected to him? What would I be seeing and feeling? Oh, well, I would be looking in his eyes and I would be feeling a softness in my heart. And my whole body would feel relaxed because I know I don't have to feel rushed when I spend time with him. I know that we actually have quality time so that we can feel that connection and we can feel the togetherness. Oh, okay. And how would I know I'm feeling it? Oh, well, I would just be feeling this full body warmth and kind of this melting and dissolving into him We're like one being, even though we have two bodies, and then I feel turned on and then I just want to celebrate. Okay. And so that's the life energy that I'm looking for. And that's the space that I then want to be communicating from when I'm feeling the courage. Cause then if I imagine communicating it to him, what if he doesn't want that too? And I'm going to feel rejected. Well, then that takes courage To ask myself, what if he doesn't want it to and I feel rejected? Then if I'm not married to him and we're just dating well, then I have to have the courage to say what I want. And if he doesn't want it to, I need to know that now and know that's a deal breaker for me and have the courage to stick in the game and see if he can want it to and he's just resisting for some other reason. Mm -hmm. And if we actually are compatible And if we're married, it's staying in the game long enough to realize that there's always a win-win. If he's saying no, then it's because either he's misinterpreting what I'm saying. So I would then ask, oh, well, wait a minute. Are you saying you don't want that too? Or are you understanding what I'm asking for? Are you willing to tell me what you heard me say? Maybe I didn't express it correctly. So I'm able to have courage to be curious as to what he wants and where's the win-win. So the way that I would say it, if I'm coming from that place of having life energy, being filled up with the possibility and hope of what I want and having the courage to express it, I would also be able to express it with the knowledge of making him right, not making him wrong. And I can only do that if I just had the courage to make myself right for my own vision. Then I would turn towards him and say like, is it true that he's abandoning me? No. He's just really passionate about his project. Okay, so what will that provide for him if he's passionate about his project? I mean, the project he's currently passionate about is finding a maker space to use a CNC machine to make our own furniture with all these artistic engravings on them. That's what he's currently (laughs) obsessed about, which is really cool when you think about it. I'm not judging that. I'm just judging the fact that he hasn't had time to connect with me at night. So I would be able to make him write about what he's doing and then do what in improv acting is called the yes and, which is something that I like teaching. So the yes and just basically means I'm not making him wrong. I'm validating where he's coming from and I want something on top of that. And so I would express it where I would say something like, hey, I'm loving, what you're creating like tell me about what you're doing today and he would show me this design that he's working on and I just be like oh my god I'm so excited and this is gonna be awesome and where are we gonna put it in the house and you know just like guessing him because I'm excited about what he's doing and then I would just say you know I feel torn because on the one hand I want to support what you're doing and then the other hand I've been feeling kind of lonely because. I so love when we can look into each other's eyes and feel that togetherness. And I just need that on a daily basis in order to be able to feel a spring in my step and the wind beneath my wings. It just makes a difference if we could even drop in like that for five minutes and feel each other's hearts and look into each other's eyes and feel like we're together, even though you're so busy. And so I'm kind of wondering how we can make that happen. Because when I've been interrupting you, you seemed a little annoyed to be interrupted. And I want to know how I can interrupt you in a way that feels good so that when I need to connect that we can make that happen. And you could still go back to working on your project. What do you think about that?
0: I really like that a lot, Valerie. I can imagine saying something like that to my husband, who probably similar to yours gets very absorbed in what he's doing, which I absolutely love. I mean, I'd much rather have a guy like that who follows through and finishes tasks and has that patience and to complete right. things that I personally don't have myself. <laughs> it's amazing to be married to someone like that. And I can imagine if I were to say something like that to him, he would go, Oh my gosh, absolutely. Let's carve some time out tonight. Or or over the weekend, like he would really want to work with me to make that happen. Like that would not annoy him at all. That would be <laughs> so successful. I can feel that myself. And I'm sure you've probably experienced that too. I really, really like that. And I could see how that could apply to a lot of different situations. I'd love to talk about people who are single and dating too. Maybe we can do that after we answer this question, but I just want totally. to, you, I love that script you shared. I thought that was brilliant.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, what I want to say, though, is that, first of all, I don't always do that, as I said, because my husband always has this tendency, whether it's this project or a work project or something else. And so I've had many times when I've just been like, you're working late again. I mean, come on, I thought (laughs) we would make time to connect. It's already midnight, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like acting out of the judgment. And of course, sometimes he can laugh it off because he's Self-aware and conscious, and he understands. But more often than not, he feels judged, and then he wants to spend less time with me. So I just wanted to say that yes, that was wonderful, but I don't always share it like that either.
0: Yeah, um, and even, I think even amazing men who are super emotionally conscious still can feel judged or blamed if you're not going about this in the way that we're describing here, right? So right, he doesn't, exactly. He doesn't care about you if he doesn't respond exactly how you'd like right? Well, exactly. And
1: yes, of course, when I work with people one-on-one, then I really look at what might be going on with him that's making him resistant. What does he need? What is he feeling? And then we could figure that out and then we can figure out the the yes and. But yeah, so let's talk about Emily's script. Thank you for asking that, Emily. So this is a little bit more nuanced. I mean, this is great though, because I'll talk about how I would coach someone in this situation. So first of all, It takes courage because it's not just because, I mean, I'll take a guess because I'm not coaching you, Emily. So, you know, I'm just guessing what's going on with you and it might represent you well, it might not. So I apologize if you feel misrepresented and feel free to ask questions in the comments later then. But my guess is that, yes, of course, it bothers you because you value positivity, but valuing positivity is kind of an idea. My guess is that it hurts because you feel judged. And when we feel judged, it doesn't feel good, right? It feels unpleasant. And so the first part of the inner work is learning how to handle the unpleasantness with courage. And so what that means is I'm going to feel bad when I feel judged to the degree that I have a trigger around feeling judged from my past. I like to say, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Like, if I were to tell you, Helena, I think you're a beautiful woman, but I, I I don't like your green hair. I just don't think green hair looks good on you. You're not really going to feel judged because you don't have green hair. Mm. <laughs> you're just going to feel like, is she wearing weird glasses? <laughs> you're going to think, well, what's going on with Valerie today? Her vision is off, right? Mm-hmm. So the degree to which you feel judged is the degree to which you've been judged in the past and that's felt hurtful. And you haven't had a chance to heal your trigger around that. So that's what it takes courage to do. And so I'll go with me and what I would do if my husband had a a personality trait where he was judging me. And, oh, okay, sorry, Emily is um, getting more details. Just like he experiences anxiety about his own life and complains about it. Oh, he doesn't ever judge you. Oh, got it. Okay, so they have a negative attitude about something else. Got it. Okay, well, in that case, then what i want to say is how do you feel when he's complaining about other things because my sense is if it bothers you that he's complaining about other things then it's something that you're scared that you're not going to be able to experience inside yourself that's what to talk to him about because if he can be moody about his work if it bothers you then that's your judgment about moodiness and All feelings are either caused by a limiting belief or an unmet need. And so he's only going to be willing to look at his behavior if you're not judging his behavior. And so my question for you is when you're feeling judgments about situations in your own life, how do you handle those judgments? How do you handle your own negativity? Do you suppress your own negativity? Or when you're in a bad mood, are you able to have self-compassion and Challenge your own limiting beliefs and look at what do I need in order to feel better? Oh, it puts you in a bad mood. Right. So that's your own inner work to do. Because if how he's being puts me in a bad mood, then what comes up in you about your limiting beliefs and your unmet needs when you're in a bad mood? And it takes courage to look at how do you handle your own moods? How do you get yourself out of a quote unquote bad mood if you're feeling it? Because labeling it as a mood is a way to avoid the feelings. And what I'm saying about feelings and courage is it's only if I can have the courage to feel the feelings as a sensation that I can then challenge the limiting beliefs and say, "What I need instead? Well, okay, so you're saying, I think I know how to cheer myself up when I'm in a bad mood, but he doesn't have the tools to do that. Right. And it's not about cheering yourself up when you're in a bad mood. That's not the tools that I'm talking about. It's about having the courage to feel the sensations of the emotion of the quote unquote bad mood. And if you feel the sensations, you can talk about what it is that you need. It's not about cheering yourself up. It's talking about what you need on an emotional level. Because when he's in a bad mood, there's something that he needs emotionally in order to get himself out of it. And you're not going to be able to have compassion for what he needs. If you're judging your own bad mood enough to think you have to talk yourself out of it and cheer yourself up rather than have the courage to have endurance for the feelings. And be curious about what it is that you need when you're in a bad mood and what he needs when he's in a bad mood but if you're judging the bad mood then it's a missed opportunity to be like oh what would feel more wonderful not with him but in myself i mean i'll just talk about if my husband's in a bad mood if my husband's in a bad mood because i'm not coaching emily so i can't go back and forth and talk to her over text because coaching is live. So she's going to come up with more questions. I'm going to have answers, but I'm not coaching her. So if I was coaching her, I'd be asking, what does that feel like as a sensation in your body? And we can't do that over text. So instead, I'll talk about what I would do with my husband if I was judging him for being negative. So if my husband's in a bad moon and I'm not judging the bad moon, I'm just going to be like, oh, how are you feeling? And he's going to be like, oh, well... I'm feeling like I'm negative about my health because my knees bothering me and I'm concerned that it's an issue and whatever he's already seen a doctor and it's fine. Then I would be like, "Oh, that makes total sense that you're worried about your health and you're concerned about your knee." That makes sense. What story are you telling yourself that's causing you to feel scared? Well, I don't know if it's going to get better and I don't know what I need to do and yeah, that makes sense that you would feel scared if you're not sure what what you have to do that makes total sense how do you want me to be with you around that oh i just want you to listen oh okay yeah no i'm happy to listen feel free to talk more and then he would talk himself out of it and then he might still be in a bad mood and then i would be like well that's okay i can accept the mood that you're in because it makes total sense that you're scared i want to feel more hope so can we maybe change the mood and focus on something else that would make me feel more hopeful here's what i want to do i want to go out And have fun with you. And if your knees bothering you, what could we do that is fun? Like, could we maybe go out and have a picnic and play cards in the sun where you could sit down? Would that be fun? And then if he's still in a bad mood, I would ask him, well, it makes total sense that you're focusing on that. I want us to focus on something fun because I miss having fun with you. Are you willing to look in my eyes? And what are you feeling in your body when you look in my eyes? And are you willing to have a good time with me? What would help you to, you know... Shake off the feelings of your knee and have a good time with me. And then if he's still feeling bad, then I'd be like, oh, okay, I can accept that you're feeling bad. And I just feel disappointed because I wanted to have a nice time with you today. What do you think about that?
0: Love it. Yeah. She says she can call in too. So yeah, Emily, if you still have specific questions, feel free to call in. I love those specific scripts you shared. I know it's a lot easier to answer questions when we can actually talk to somebody and hear what's going on. It's really hard to do over the live chat sometimes if it's something really specific. I think that's yeah. great. I think That would be really helpful for anybody. Sure. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm happy to talk to Emily. I mean, I do want to say that my coaching sessions are usually ninety minutes. So <laughs> yeah, we have about not sure what we do in like fifteen minutes, but of course, I'm happy to talk to you because you know it does take time, and that's why my coaching sessions are a little longer because this work takes time. It's not about jumping to what should I do and what script yes. can you give me. Like it's yes. all about doing the inner work, doing the inner child work, really learning how to open our heart to the sensations in our body, so that we can shift our vibe from a victim mentality to an abundance mentality that what we want is possible. And that requires us working through our limiting beliefs, both conscious and unconscious, then being able to resource ourselves with our vision of what we want and stay positive with the vision of what we want and then have the courage to express what we want, and then if we get rejected, get curious about what he's feeling and needing instead, and role play, like how to go back and forth with validating what he's feeling and needing, and then going back to my own vision, it's nuanced. And it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of courage in order to be able to stay in the conversation to completion. People think that, oh, if I just have the right script and I say it, then he'll just feel inspired and okay, sometimes that works, but sometimes there's a whole backlog of resentment or there's a whole backlog of his trauma and he's not going to feel inspired right away. He's going to have a reaction and then it's important that we have the courage to get curious about what are his feelings and needs under his reaction and how can we have both.
0: Right. Oh, so true. By the way, I don't know if you're still offering free breakthrough sessions, but if you are, I'll include a link on how you can apply for one if anyone is interested in private coaching with you going deeper into their specific situation. Let me go ahead and open Emily up. I know we only have about 15 minutes left, but this might actually be helpful for everyone listening. So sure. hi, yeah, that'd be fun. yeah. Hi, Emily. I just opened up your line.
2: Hi. Um, I just wanted to call in to say thank you so much. Yeah. Everything you just shared around, I want to feel hope and like that kind of thing is really helpful. I think it's just like, I'm, you know, trying to decide, like, can I marry this person? And so it's like trying to figure out like, is this a resolvable thing that can be done by these types of conversations that you're mentioning? Or is it like, oh, his personality is not the best fit for me. And so I think He's told me he wants me to be, like, 100% honest with him about everything. He's, like, the most honest person I know and, like, wants me to be 100% honest. So I know that he would, like, welcome a conversation like this because, like, even the other day, he literally wanted me to, like, tell him, like, yeah, I've been asked out by other guys recently and, like, it was... Like, it, like, tempted me because I wonder, like, who's the best option for me and stuff. And, like, I literally told him that. And I was like, that's going to, like, hurt his feelings so much. And he was like, no, that makes sense. Like, we're trying to decide who's the best option for us for marriage. Like, it makes sense that if other guys are asking you out that you're going to, like, be kind of like curious about them, you know, so he's receives like these types of conversations so well. Um, but I think I'm just like, well, like, aren't there like certain personality types that are just more moody than others, you know, like he tends to have like a more, maybe because he's so honest, like he's never going to like hide his feelings. If he's in a bad mood, he's going to tell you that he's, you know, upset or whatever about something, health insurance issue or whatever, you know, whatever the small thing is in his day. Whereas like, I don't really like if if he's just complaining and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of the situation. But everything you said about just like, I think I just want to be able to like talk to him, like have a a conversation about, hey, like I know that you want to marry me and I know you're like curious, like why I'm not sure yet. And basically the reason I'm not sure is just because sometimes like I wonder if the anxiety and the depression that you deal with and stuff is going to be like, the best fit for me and like how we can work through those moments that you have together, like something like that, just so that I can like be honest about like, there is like one specific thing that's like holding me up to be able to decide about marriage. So yeah.
1: Well, yes. I mean, I definitely think it's important to talk about it. I just think that the way that you talk about it with a man is really important because if you frame it as a general pattern... Yeah, Men don't really do well with talking about general patterns because mm. they are problem solvers and they want to solve specific problems. Yeah. Um, so I think if you were to lay it out, then what that would look like is coming up with specific examples of mm. what he does, how yeah. you feel, and yeah. what you would want instead. Mm-hmm. Because that's what would allow him to say, oh okay, I can try on those new behaviors and see if they work for me. Yeah. If you're just like, oh, well, I can't deal with your anxiety and depression, then he doesn't yeah. know what to do with it. Right,
2: right. Yeah, um, that's super helpful.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of personality types, what I would say is that would be a longer deep dive. I mean, I would want to know yeah. if I was coaching you, what right. are your values in general, What are your deal breakers in general? What are all the ways that you imagine that this personality trait of his would get in the way of you being happy in all the different circumstances? Would you have a child and the child would be complaining and then he would add to their anxiety? Would you be around your parents and his anxiety would make you more anxious around them? Like come up with all those examples and how would you address those in partnership? And come up with a plan to address them to make them work for you. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter what someone's personality is. It matters if they have a growth mindset.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. He definitely does have a growth mindset. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, I mean, if you want and, you know, it's up to whether Helena wants to ask more questions or if we wanna just go with this question for the last part of the call, we can talk about one specific thing that he says or does that bothers you and how you would you know, use these tools to talk about it if you wanna do that.
2: Well, I don't wanna take, I mean, we can ask Helena, I don't wanna take up too much time cause I know like other people probably have questions or, or um, I know you maybe have other things to talk about. I just, yeah, I don't, I feel like I've already taken up a lot so I don't wanna like impede on anything.
0: Well, no, sure. Um, know, yeah, it's up to you. you. Uh, I don't see any other questions in the chat at the moment, so yeah, I know we only have about like five or ten minutes left. So if you have something that you think might be helpful, really quick, yeah, go for it.
1: Sure, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if not, then no. I can come
2: up with an easy example. No, I'm I'm great to keep going. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like taking up too much time. So I think just when I'm like with him, actually, things for the most part are are good. I think it's when we're apart in. We're going about our day-to-day and I'm like, how was your day? And he's like, terrible. I'm so frustrated about my health insurance thing and this bill. And then like, oh, like I'm anxious about this and I'm stressed about this and I'm worried about this. And I'm just like, gosh, (laughs) you know, and he's so honest and that's great. But like it brings me down and I'm trying to work on how to maintain my own good mood when someone else is listing all the things they're anxious and upset about in their day, Um, you know.
1: Totally. All right. So, I mean, you know, we'll see how much time we have uh, because I I usually, as I said, coach people for a longer amount of time. But so what I want to ask you is, so let's slow that down. Mm -hmm. Right. You're starting out in a good mood and you ask how he's doing and he shares all of these complaints about his day. And how does that feel for you as a sensation in your body? Is it like you feel like a deflated balloon?
2: Kind of like a. Like a constraining, like a closing in on myself, like an icky kind of feeling that makes me just want to be like shrivel up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And so let's make sure that we have mindfulness with that, right? So with those mm-hmm. kind of icky, shriveled feelings, you can say, I'm noticing something in me is feeling icky and shriveled, and that mm-hmm. I'm still the adult Emily, and like those feelings are inside of me. Yeah. And the asking, where do you feel that in your body? Is it like in your chest or is it in your stomach or somewhere else?
2: Um, maybe like all over. I don't know. It Mm -hmm. feels like it's all over.
1: Yeah. And you know, we had longer than we would take longer with this, but the gist of it is what are the thoughts that come from this feeling? Is it, oh my God, I can't handle how negative he is. And where do those thoughts go? Does it go to a um, scenario of like, oh my gosh, he's going to be like this all the time and drag me down and I'm never going to be happy.
2: Like, is it that happening? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's like in the moment, I'm just kind of deflated, like we said, and then just kind of thinking like, well, what if I was with a different guy who was like, had a more carefree personality? It might make me feel happier than like him, like bringing me down.
1: Um, I hear that. And what I want to say is that that thought comes from a part of you that's trying to protect you from feeling the feelings. Mm. Because notice what happens if you think that thought, it's like a protection. It causes you to go into your head and stop feeling the feelings. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And so maybe
1: those thoughts are true, but it's not the right time to entertain them right now. What yeah. to do now is to realize that those thoughts are going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're going to actually prevent you from seeing if you could be compatible with them. And so go mm-hmm. back into the feelings.
2: Yeah. I think it makes me feel kind of depressed.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and then the question is, how do you feel that as a sensation?
2: Just kind of like I'm being dragged down, like a weight put on me.
1: Yeah. And thank you for sharing this with me, right? This is really heavy. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, how do you feel towards yourself when you're feeling this way?
2: Kind of like hopeless, I guess.
1: Yeah. So then what I want to say is let's tell yourself, I'm noticing that something in me feels hopeless. And Mm -hmm. can you open your heart to those feelings? What does it mean for you to imagine that you're sitting with a friend who feels this way, who just told me that she feels hopeless? And how would I be with her? I would have compassion, right?
2: Yeah, I would like put my arm around her, hug her, and just give her a big hug and comfort her. So what does it
1: mean for you to imagine you're doing that to yourself?
2: Um, It feels good to do that to myself I think it's hard not to be like but I wouldn't be feeling this way if if I was like not taking on his feelings so I've wondered in general like is it like bad if I'm like absorbing his bad mood like shouldn't I be able to just like maintain my own happiness when he complains like or is that like normal that it like drags me down and then I'm going through this whole process with you right now like is Am I like taking on his moods too too much? Like when they're like not my own feelings, you know?
1: Well, the short answer that to that question is yes, you are taking on his mood too much, mm-hmm. but it's not your fault that you're doing that. Yeah, because yeah. these are learned behaviors that we had to do to survive our childhood. Yeah, and so my guess is there's some way with your parents, like mm-hmm. you had to take on their mood. In order to feel connected to them. And you had to feel connected to them. In order to feel safe. Yeah. And you know. We don't have to go there now. Because we have four minutes. But the thing that I want to do with that. Is just to say. Oh like. This is your inner child. Who's choosing to take on his feelings. Because you had to to survive. And so what I want you to do. Is just to feel compassion. Not make yourself wrong. That you're taking on his bad mood. Make yourself right. That this helped me to survive when I was a little kid. And so, you know, there's inner child work you can do around that, but you don't need that to survive anymore. Now you can feel compassion for him without taking on his mood. Yeah. And what would that even mean for you to do? Like, how would you know that you were doing that?
2: I mean, I definitely have done it outwardly by saying like, I'm so sorry. Why do you think you feel that way? Or like, what? how can I support you? Or I know that must be frustrating that that thing happened with your health insurance. You know, like just empathizing.
1: Sure. And what I want to say is like, that's really good that you're able to empathize with him. I'm just sensing that it's still coming from a belief in you that you have to fix the way he's feeling in order for yourself to feel better. That's Mm. just what I'm sensing. Yeah.
2: That's
1: right, yeah. And you know, I, I'm not making you wrong for that, right? Because it's, yeah, really right, right. it's really normal. It's really because you yeah. asked it. Is it normal? Yes, it is normal. And right. it's not ideal, but it is normal. Right. You know, I it took me a while to find the word because I don't believe that anybody always lives yeah. up to our ideals, right? <laughs> but right, it is right. normal. I don't want you to be judging yourself for it, right? So, and thank you for sharing this out with me. So, in my opinion, the edge here. Is for mm-hmm. you to then ask yourself, how do you wanna feel when yeah. he's feeling quote unquote negative? And yeah. not to make him feel better. Yeah. It's not about him and having compassion or empathy for him so that he feels better, so you can feel better. Mm. It's about how do you wanna feel when he is in a bad mood? You want to maintain yourself feeling. Like, you're still in a good mood, even though he's in a bad mood, right? Right. And so how would you know you were doing that?
2: I guess just that I would still feel in a good mood. Like, I would feel happy and hopeful and joyful the way that I felt prior to him telling me how he felt, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so... That's the inner work is to be able to, and you know, we don't necessarily have time to do that. Right. Of course. course. What I would do if I was working with you one-on-one is we would go into, we don't have to go all the way into your childhood, um, but it's getting you to recognize the age at which you first started needing to Mm. take care of your parents and being with the part of you who Mm. is still that age and actually giving her what she needs. Cause that's she developed good. a belief that you have to take care of other people in order to be happy. So the truth to that belief comes through the inner work. We don't really have time to like delve right. into that now. Cause that's what I would do if I was coaching you, but the truth is right. something like, yeah, Oh, I can still feel happy even if nobody around me does, but that feels a little lonely. Right. Cause then mm. I'm just like, I'm in my own space and I'm feeling happy and I have to kind of disconnect from others to do that, but I can be okay with it and I can be empathic towards others, but then I still, still kind of feel lonely. But that would feel like an unhooking yeah. of judgment towards him. And that's mm-hmm. what you would get from the inner work. And it's that unhooking that would then allow you to resource yourself and how good it feels to be in a good mood together. And so it's Mm. contrived for me to, you know, come up with a script. No, this makes sense. Come out of the inner work, but that would sound something like, you know, you being able to say, you know, he'd share about his day and then you'd be like, wow, gosh, it sounds like you had a really challenging day. And it would make sense that you would have all these judgments. I was feeling really elated and hearing all of that kind of feels heavy when I feel into it and I can handle the heaviness. I can still feel your frustration and anger and disappointment and all that and maintain my own good mood. It's just that like right now I'm sort of like feeling this good mood and like I want you to feel a good mood with me. Yeah. You know, what do you need in order to move past what you're feeling and join me in my good mood?
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's so helpful. And that might like
1: shake him out of it, you know, because you're not judging him for being in his bad mood and you're kind of doing what it takes to maintain your good mood on top of it. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that you're compatible. I don't know the answer to that question because it's like you would have to talk to him about it and try this on in different scenarios and see if you really can maintain your happiness or if it's just too disappointing that he can't join you there. And then, you know, what does he want to do about that?
2: Yeah, that's really good. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. That was super helpful.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm always feeling like it was too rushed, right? Because I love it. No, no. Like, no, like that gives,
2: <laughs> no, that gives me, it just gives me a roadmap to be able to do more of the inner work too and like where to go from here. So let's, yeah, it's really helpful.
1: Good, and I can tell how much inner work that you've done because you know you you can feel your own feelings, and you can try on the suggestions that I'm giving you, and that you are yeah. aware of the limiting beliefs. So I trust that when you do the deeper work, that you'll be able to move through it.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for calling in, Emily. I'll go ahead and close you up now. I was doing all of that right along with you. And that was just so helpful. I think that's going to be really helpful for everyone. I love the birds singing in the background, too. That was just like a meditation for me right now.
1: <laughs> it was actually. I know. It seems like you're in the park or something.
0: I know. It's just uh, it was so beautiful, everything you shared. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that, Valerie. And yeah, if anyone's interested in working with Valerie, I know you have such a long waiting list. Sometimes you have a six-month-plus long waiting list. But I will include a link for how to apply for a breakthrough session. Or if anyone wants to email me, HelenaHeartCoaching at gmail.com, I can get you in touch with Valerie to see if she has any room for new clients. Do you have any room for new clients right now, Valerie? Well, I do have a waiting list, but I think it's only a month at this point to book a free call. I think I can do that as early as a month from now. Um, Okay, great. I know you're such an in-demand coach. You're so knowledgeable about attachment styles and getting your needs met and exactly what to say. And I know we're a little over on time, but we mentioned towards the beginning of this episode that we wanted to share maybe a script or two for people who were actually single and dating and get a certain need met. I'm trying to think of something quickly off the top of my head. Something I hear a lot is around contact or Mm -hmm. something around, I don't know, maybe exclusivity or something like that. I'll just let you choose something that you'd like to share that you hear a lot from women and maybe just a quick script Even though I know that's not exactly how it works, it's important to do the inner work first. But hopefully what we shared in the first half of this episode will be helpful. And then, yeah, anything around what to say in a situation where a woman is just dating a guy and she's looking for a little more. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, like, probably the most common example I hear is that a guy will pursue a lot in the beginning and then he won't call her to ask her out or he'll only call her to ask her out last minute and she really likes him so she doesn't want to turn him down but she doesn't want to turn down other plans because she's waiting for him and so she wants him to make plans in advance with more regularity but you know you can't ask for that and have a guy not feel made wrong usually, right? So because if you're just like, hey, could you call more? Or hey, could you ask me out more? Or hey, could you give me more advanced notice? Then guys usually, if they say yes, and then they don't do it, then then what, right? So I think if we're really doing the inner work with this, and we're getting resourced with the vision of what we want, we would ask ourselves, what would it provide for me to have him plan in advance, let's say? Oh, well, then I would feel wanted. I would feel pursued. I'd get to look forward to what we're planning. I would get to turn down other invitations and know that I'm going to get to see him. And then I would feel certainty around seeing him and that our relationship's moving forward and going somewhere. Right. So that's what to ask ourselves. And then the courage is to open our heart to those feelings and to examples and to feel the positive hopeful, uplifting, relaxed, turned on feeling in my body when I imagine that, that's what I would have to do to voice it as a yes and. And the yes would be making him right for whatever he's doing. So let's say he asks me out on a Friday night for later Friday night. And I already made plans because I didn't want to wait around for him, but I feel disappointed. And if I express the disappointment without the inner work, that would sound like, well, I could have been free if you would have given me more notice. (laughs) Right. And Mm -hmm. it's not like that's bad to say, but he's going to feel made wrong. And then he won't necessarily say that he feels made wrong, but maybe that would cause him to not want to spend more time with you. And so the way to say it as a yes and would be like, oh, I would love to see you. And oh my gosh, I love that you called and I actually feel really disappointed because I already made other plans, but
0: I would have rather seen you. I think that's great. Yeah, framing it as a positive, right? Part of the subject is that would feel amazing and this is what I'm getting from this, (laughs) right? That would be amazing. And my schedule tends to fill up. So in order for us to see each other, I'm going to need a little more advanced notice in the future. That's the feeling I got from that. Yes, you know, yes. You shared.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm assuming you kind of already said that, you know, like that, mm-hmm. hey, schedule is um, really busy. And so in order to see you, then I have to make plans in advance. Like you already communicated that, but let's say he still calls last minute. Then I would be more likely to be like, well, I could have if you, you know, I already told you, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the energy of mm-hmm. it's, Manifesting is annoyance or frustration or anger, but what I want to say is underneath annoyance, frustration, or anger is always fear. There's always a fear that this is going to keep happening or that if I don't control him, then I'm missing my opportunity to see if he could change. Mm. And it's that controlling energy that comes from fear. And so if we transform that fear inside of us through opening our heart to it and resourcing ourselves with the vision of what we want, then the attitude I have is like, oh, well, I really want it to be him. But if he's not going to give it to me, some other guy will. It's a feeling that I feel in my body of an open heart. And that's how I can tell if I'm ready to say it, because it's more about the open hearted feeling inside of me when I say oh, it feels so good to hear from you. And I feel disappointed that I already made other plans, but I'd rather have it be you. Like he can feel whether our heart is open or closed when we say that. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. It takes courage, right? Cause it's like, courage means that I have an open heart when I say it. And then I can say any script. I can use the yes and for anything. Let's say he said he would call and he didn't. And then he calls today and he was supposed to call yesterday. And if I was to come from fear, I would just be like, you know, this happens a lot and I just can't handle it that, you know, you always call later than you say you will. I mean, this is just unacceptable, right? Like I would be judging him and controlling him if I came from fear or I'm scared of being abandoned and this just triggers me more, right? But then that would be something that would come out of a victim mentality versus doing the inner work to open our heart to the sensation of the feelings and recognizing that I can handle it If I come from my deeper vision for what I want and then I ask myself if he called when he said he would, what would that provide for me? And yes, of course, I value integrity and it's going deeper than that. What would it provide for me in this case? I would actually feel connected to him. I would feel like we're building something together. I would feel like I can count on him and then my body actually feels relaxed and trusting and open. And so if I'm able to do the inner work so that I just feel hopeful about that then I can voice it as a yes and. Then I would say when he calls, he could feel my heart is open. I'm saying, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear from you. And I was feeling kind of worried yesterday because
0: I wasn't sure what happened. How are you doing? Love it. That's a completely different energy, right? Just completely open-hearted. And I think underneath that is a feeling that you're trusting that you can have what you want, right? That if things don't work out with this one particular guy, you know that there's another guy right around the corner (laughs) that would absolutely follow through and is going to be consistent versus this lack of self-trust that causes us to want to grab hold and change the other person's behavior and make them wrong for what they're doing or not doing. So I love that open-hearted energy. I think it's completely magnetic and that will just draw the right person in. So this was great. I know we could just keep going forever about Mm -hmm. this. Someone in the chat said, thank you guys. This is so helpful. Currently online dating after a breakup. Yeah, I know there's a lot of women in my community in that situation. And so I wanted to include some scripts for people who are dating and wanting to express some of these things when they're meeting new men and things like that. So thank you totally. so much for staying over Valerie. We could do a whole nother episode just on these scripts for people who are single and dating or in a relationship or even married there's just so many different examples. So I'd love to bring you on again soon. And I know you have a brand new free gift for everyone, right? That's going to be the first link in the show notes or description after the replay of this post. So I'll add that in as well as the link to book a breakthrough session with you if you're interested in coaching.
1: Yes. And thank you so much. Yes, because this is the newest free gift. I think it's already over year old already, but it's called Break free of old patterns to attract lasting love. And in there, it's basically two free chapters out of my longer book, which is called The Commitment Roadmap. And it's the two chapters that are about doing this inner work. So I have you basically identify your biggest triggers from childhood and what needs didn't get met and how to then meet those needs for yourself now. And I have a guided meditation to open your heart to the sensations and resource yourself with a deeper vision of what your need is so that then you can voice it from that place. And so basically that's my process for how to do the inner work. And then of course, I have other tools for how to do the outer work and create scripts, which I know that is also important, like you said. And the last thing I want to say about the example that I just said is it's not like it's just about opening your heart and being nice. It is also about really advocating for what you want and staying in it with an open heart. And so that can look multiple ways, but it's not just that you're like, oh, I was worried yesterday. What happened? How are you doing? And then he's just like, oh, I got caught up with something. And you're fine with it, right? It's more Mm -hmm. like if you can have an open heart, you can then still advocate for what you want with an open heart without making him wrong so that you're getting the win-win. And even if you're just dating after he says, you know, why he didn't call yesterday or whatever, then there's room for us to come up with a script where we can then advocate for what you want. I know we don't have more time for that today, but I just wanted to make sure people didn't think that I thought that being open-hearted means just being nice when you're really mm. feeling angry, right? <laughs>
0: like I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, of course, this is not just about being a doormat and letting a guy come and go as he pleases. And you're just going to be there with an open heart and accepting just any kind of treatment. Absolutely. Thank you so much for adding that in. <laughs> it's very important.
1: Yes. Yes. So it is about staying in the conversation and advocating for what you want. But if you try to do that without opening your heart to your feelings and being able to handle your feelings and have compassion for your feelings and needs and having compassion for his feelings and needs, then you'll be making yourself wrong or making him wrong and acting out of the fear and wanting to control him or control yourself. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about really keeping your heart open and advocating for that win-win of what you want and what he wants, which of course is what i help people to do. So if you are wanting to talk about your unique situation, then absolutely reach out to me or reach out to Helena and we can talk about how we would apply this because it is nuanced. I want to say it's simple, but it's not easy, but it's worth it.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, I'll include all of that information. Thank you for mentioning your book, by the way. I'll include a link to that as well in the show notes. It's so inexpensive and just packed with so much knowledge and information. The commitment roadmap, right? Is that still available? I oh, yes. Too. Okay, sure. Right. Yeah. I'll, uh,
1: I'll send out all the links um, oh, in everything email so you'll have
0: them. Yes. Send me the links and I'll include all of that in the show notes after the replay of this posts. And for everyone listening to the replay, if you'd like to, join me for my live broadcasts. I go live every other week and it's completely free. So much fun. So user friendly. You can type your questions into the chat. You can call in like someone did today, get your personal questions answered and give us topic suggestions for future episodes. I feel like this is my inner circles This is my favorite thing I do. Thank you so much for joining and Valerie, thank you so much again. This was great. I would absolutely love to bring you on again soon
1: so fun always. So thank you so much.
0: Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.